This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to Boomsies. Hi, I'm Dan. Hi. Welcome to another edition of the Best of Boomsies. Turns out we had so much stuff we had to make another episode. Whether you're hearing or seeing these clips again or the, the for the first time, please enjoy. I always like saying, well, if you haven't seen it before, it's new to you. I didn't come up with that saying. I think it's a common saying. Producer Tim picked out all these clips. I hope they're entertaining. I have no clue. Let's judge for ourselves. One year ago today, I woke up at my buddy's house after the Super Bowl and had a big gash on my head and didn't know how I got into that where I was sleeping. I should tell you a few days prior so i got fired on a wednesday super bowl was on a sunday so once my kids got picked up uh on their usual schedule on thursday it was it was game on i was like uh okay so i've got no job ron please please i'm kind of telling a big story here so it was game on and I, I uh, had a little smoke. Well, a lot to to smoke, a lot to drink. And that uh, that Thursday bled into the Friday, or sorry, Friday went into Saturday. And my friends and family they saw what was happening. They didn't say anything. They're they're like, okay, let's just make sure this guy's safe. Onright, Jay Onright actually came out to my house. He's like, where are you? I'm like, right now I'm wandering around in the woods, which. I think back and I'm like, that sounds crazy, but I was out of my mind. So he's like, uh, I'm coming out to hang. I'm like, perfect. So Jay and I had a grand old afternoon. We FaceTimed old friends and laughed our asses off. We st- <laughs> I still laugh to this day. So I have this old record player that uh, it's like one of those old cabinet ones that you'd see at your grandparents. You lift up the big lid, you put the, the music on. Looks great. So I'm playing music. I'm like, so how's it sound? Because Jay's a big audiophile. He's got like a dedicated room to listen to records. He's like, sounds like garbage, but looks great. <laughs> so whenever I put a record on, on, on that record player, I think of Jay. Uh, so yeah, he hung out and then he passed the baton. He, another friend came when he left uh, just because they were there just to watch me, make sure like, I was safe. So went to the Super Bowl the next day. 
at my buddy's house during the game. That's why last weekend I said, I think the weekend was good, but I don't remember much because of the overindulgence. Again, my friends at my uh, buddy's house, they just made sure they kept an eye on me. And then, uh, yeah, Jay had his first show that night. I was crying along with him when he was giving his big emotional message. I sent out a tweet saying, hey, watch his show, which I still tell everyone, watch his show. Uh, He didn't fire me. He didn't lay me off. So I guess firing, you get fired for like you did something. But I was laid off because they said it was a business decision. That's the difference, I'm told. Either way, you don't have a job. Whether you're fired or laid off, you don't have a job. You're done. So, yeah. um, Fell asleep at my buddy's house, and then I woke up, and I said, okay, uh, this has to stop. I had my pity party from Wednesday to Monday morning, and I reached out to friends and family. I said, um, I need help. And... They, well, I made it four podcasts without crying. (laughs) They leapt into action. My cousin Eric drove from Ottawa, picked me up. Friends and family found a rehab facility. They got me in there. We uh, came and cleared all the booze and weed out of my house. Uh, Eric and I drove to my mom's house. I'm like, mom, this is my last drink. It's going to be a good one. Cause I had a lot of good bourbon. She's like, but I don't do shots. I'm like, you're doing it. I didn't say that. I'm like, mom, it's my last drink. Let's make it a memorable one. So we did a shot and then, uh, went to my, uh, cousin Eric's house in Ottawa. And then he drove me to the rehab facility on the Wednesday. So one year on February 9th, I will be uh, one year sober. So it was a decision I had to make. Friends have reached out to me. They, They said, Dan, you had the balls to do it. You, a lot of people don't have the courage to say they have a problem, but uh, I did. And if I didn't make that decision, I would not be sitting here right now. I would just be walking around a ball of rage and you would not want to be around me. Friends that I haven't seen for a year, they see me now and they're like, Dan, you're just like, you're a different person. I said, yeah, because I appreciate life. I appreciate what I have and I didn't let it all get away, which would have happened if I didn't make that change. So for all my friends and family that uh, have supported me, uh, I posted messages at six months and said, hey, I made changes. And and people that are in the program, they know, they, they read between the lines. They're like, hey man, same thing. Isn't it great? And I say, yes. Best conversation I had was with a friend of a friend on the way into rehab. He's like, I've got someone for you to talk to. Because I said, ah, why am I doing this? Life's not going to be fun. He got on the... 
he got on the phone with me and I said, oh man, like going to Vegas and going out with friends, it's not going to be fun. He goes, Dan, that's where you're completely wrong. You're about to enjoy life like you've never enjoyed life since you've been alive. And I think of that every single day and I'm like, Man, he was right. And I text him all the time. I'm like, (laughs) you were so bang on. And the reason I tell this story is if I can help one person, you don't need to go to a rehab. You don't have to. You just need to make the commitment and have their people there to support you. The support community is something you've never experienced, even in team sports, even with your family, the people in the recovery community that you will find are the greatest humans and you've got the biggest cheering squad you'll ever have in your life. Every day they check in on you and you might have thoughts like, ah, why am I doing this? Like if you have a bad day, like Monday, but the thought of like smoking a joint or going to get a bottle of wine doesn't even cross my mind because you, you learn tools. Like you play the tape forward. What the hell would a glass of wine fix? Nothing. So it's just changing your mindset. So yeah, that's one year. Hey, I made it through pretty good without crying that much through that. So if you think you need help, reach out to people, reach out. And one year, it's all, we just live day to day. So if you're joining, you're like, oh, well, I'm at seven days. That's awesome. Seven days is going to, quickly going to six months, then a year. And you won't even think about days anymore. You're just like, wow, I didn't know it'd be like this. And it's awesome. Dan, I've been a faithful female follower for quite some time, though the unmentioned through the unmentionable years with Jay on that one network, she's saying not my time with Jay was bad, just the unmentionable network. Because legally, I'm not allowed to say the name of the network. I signed a contract for life. (laughs) A lifetime contract on what I'm allowed to say. How did I get to this point? Through the unmentionable years with Jay on that one network for the Fox years, the tensions with Ben Teller. Ben Teller. who Who the hell is Ben Teller? Uh, the helpful role of Terry for TNT's COVID-made music video, and now with Boomsies. Early on, you always seemed like a wild card to me. A bit spaced out. <laughs> a bit disconnected. A bit random. And a lot unpredictable. I put that on my tombstone. A bit spaced out, a bit disconnected, a bit random, and a lot unpredictable. That's not bad. I loved your work nevertheless, but definitely felt that it was surface-level stuff an insatiable pursuit of a good time. Currently, I experience you as a grounded, genuine, authentic, self-aware, in-control, compassionate, thoughtful, inspiring, life-changing person. This has got all the emotions. Beats you down somewhat and then builds you back up. As someone who lives with a history of trauma, struggles with depression, and has vowed to a life of sobriety as a means to protect myself from addiction... I deeply appreciate your strong stand for the life changes you've made. 
I respect and admire your openness, bravery, and courage to share your story with the world. I work as a psychologist. Oh, so this person is actually smart. Uh, specializing in opioid use disorders and want to thank you for being a role model, a respectable mentor for Canadians, especially men. For myself, your recent work connects deeply with me as part of my self-care regimen, taking care of myself so I can show up at my best for others. Thank you for normalizing therapy, mindfulness, CBT, healing, and a life worth living without substances. Love you, bud, and I hope to meet you one day and give you a hug full of gratitude, respect, and appreciation. Ricky, thank you very much. That was very nice. I have lots of options for my tombstone, but I believe I will be going with a bit spaced out, a bit disconnected, a bit random, and a lot unpredictable. Producer Tim, though, the entire time, he's like, it's your internet. Your internet, it's sh- Tim, I'm paying for the best internet possible. It may be hooked up with Baylor Twine and electric fencing, which powers it. But that's the best we got out here in the sticks. So I always... Okay, there's sound effect. 38 minutes late. So I, I pull up my package. My internet package. I pull it up on the screen. And I show them. I uh, I get my internet from. I can't say who, so let's uh, let's call the company. Ding dong internet services and mobile toilets. So I show Z Money and producer Tim. I'm like I'm paying for fifty Mbps. Or mega, whatever that is. And the upload's supposed to be 10. I'm paying for it. This is the best you can do. See? So every time I'd show them, I've been showing them from the beginning of Boomsies. And finally, they're like, well, let's do a speed test. I'm like, okay. So Tim went first. He clocked in at a 6.7. Z money, he won. He's lightning fast. With all that expired beef in his belly. He goes like the wind. Then we did the speed test for the internet. And then I think that clocked in at a minus seven. I think the speed test said, you don't have internet. It did no register. So basically Canada Post, their delivery was beating my internet speeds. We actually got the results for my internet speeds from Canada Post. They showed up in the mail. I was like, here's your internet speeds. I'm like, whoa, that was pretty quick. So we called technical support. Z Money was here. I had kids running around, had to leave to go get another kid. I said, Z Money, I'm leaving this with you, buddy. Handed the phone over. So I do my running around. I get back. Z money. It's like he was just released from a basement cell. He's like, we figured it out. We did it. So I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Did someone come? He's like, nope, nope. The technician on the phone said something was configured wrong. They did something. And now I have faster speeds. I, I have the internet before the internet. I have info before it's on the internet. My internet's that quick now. 
It was a glorious day. We're high-fiving. We're hugging. We were happy in the Boomsies lair. So I enjoyed the blazing fast speeds before I did what I had to do. I called customer service and asked why I was paying for speeds I wasn't getting. I was calm. I was cool. But before I could ask those questions, I had to go through 38. I don't know. Why do you have to go through 38 layers of security before you can ask a question? How much was your last bill? I'm like, too much? What's your phone password? I don't know. At what age did you first pet a camel? I'm like, what? Was the moon landing real? I'm like, are these real questions? Have you ever been in love? Okay, what's going on here? Finally, I answered them all. Get the questions done. Why is there by why is there le- level of security? Who is phoning customer service willingly and it's not even their account? Who is doing that? Yeah. I got a fun way to spend a day. Let's call up and really f- with this guy's internet. But do you know all the answers to the questions? I don't know. But it'll be fun, won't it? So I informed the young man of the situation. I say I was paying for these speeds. Then I just found out I was getting was not those speeds. I asked if it was going to be corrected on my bill. Since I didn't receive a service due to, as the technician said, someone screwing up. Direct quote. The man on the phone said to me, Well, you've had those speeds for four and a half years. You should have figured that out sooner. I'm like, what? It took you four and a half years to figure it out? Should have done it a lot sooner, don't you think? If a human can self-combust at that moment, I would have. So this opened the door to a new discussion. I said, I am not a technician. I did not study internet installation at school. I barely passed school. And then I said, say I'm a 90-year-old person. How am I ever going to discover this? I don't have a Z money or a producer Tim at my disposal. Say I go to a restaurant over and over and I have their chicken parm. Then after four years, I take the chicken parm out for testing and discover it's chicken rat. That's on me? Yeah, should have discovered that sooner. Mm -hmm. Looks like that's a you problem, isn't it? So I finally get off the phone. I'm like, "Uh, sorry, girls. I kind of raised my voice with that gentleman on the phone. But he was doing the same. And they're like, yeah, we heard him. So that's my story of internet services from Ding Dong Internet Services and mobile toilets. You mentioned Thursdays. This is the strip joint I mentioned last week that used to be in my hometown. It was a small town strip club. Funny story about Thursdays. I have an older sister. Oh boy, I don't know where where this is going. 
who was involved in competitive dance, and a younger sister who was still learning to speak. When my younger sister was asked by a former teacher of my older sister on how she was doing at high school, my younger sister replied, good, and she dances at Thursdays. Rather than she dances on Thursdays at her dance studio, teacher got very alarmed and had to call my parents to confirm. Been a good story in the family for many years now. That's from Riley. The great thing about running a ticketed event is you know how many people are going to show up. It's not a surprise. Not sure if the Jays have figured this out yet. You want a water? Uh, That'll be a 35-minute wait. How about an ice cream? 35-minute wait. My daughter and I, who went to the game with me, walked the entire stadium looking for no lineup. Even went to other levels. Same story. There was, I guess, a one-hour lineup to get into the J store. (laughs) The only place without a lineup. The craft beer corner. No one there. Slop City Sludge IPA? How about a broken monkey on a bus lager? Plenty available. No one's buying. So you had to decide, am I going to go hungry or am I getting my 11-year-old daughter an IPA? We went hungry. (laughs) And then you're, okay, you're probably sitting there thinking, come on, Dan, this is an over-exaggeration. What about the people walking up and down the aisles? Selling food while you're sitting in your seats. No one came down our aisle. The reason being, those vendors were swarmed before they got to the aisle. (laughs) They were like, there's food. I need food. So they were just, uh, they're selling their wares in the concourse. My daughter and I, we would have spent so much more money. We didn't want to wait in line though. When I did get food, did get food. Ordered a sausage. (laughs) The person serving me that sausage pulled the bun out from under the counter. What else is under there? Because I'll take it. If it's edible, give me some of that counter food. My suggestion to the Toronto Blue Jays. This is a free suggestion. Open 78 more concession stands. You build it, they will eat. Another suggestion. Have some variety. A ballpark should have that, oh, I want to try that item for kids. And no, they don't want craft beer. No one does. So there's my suggestions. And now the two most recognizable ring slash octagon announcers are brothers. His uh, brother, uh, what's his? Well, let's get ready to rumble. So it's time and let's get ready to rumble. So I came up with my catchphrases if I became an octagon or a ring announcer. 
Here we go. We ready for boomsies? Don't really like that one. Next stop, Concussion City, population one. I think this is this next one is a good one. The bloodgates are now open. Okay, don't like that one. How about this? Someone about to die. Maybe, maybe those last two are a bit too graphic. This is appealing to the kids and the adults. Punchy, punchy, time for crunchy. And then uh, this last one, I don't think it'll go over well. Here, kitty, kitty. Doesn't make a lot of sense. I think I uh, think I was inhaling exhaust fumes at that point. Jake Paul set his sights on Michael Bisping, former co-worker of ours. Jay, his wife Choby, and I, we were at the forum in LA to see Michael Bisping win the title. I've never seen Jay so excited. He was on top of his seat. We loved Bisping so much. We loved working with him. We loved him as a human. That fight was amazing. That So that would have been like a 20, I want to say like 2015. That was the event. We were right behind Tommy Lee. So when they showed the celebs in the crowd, I peeked in behind Tommy Lee. I'm like, hey, I'm here too. So after uh, the event, you go across the street and you wait for your Uber in the Uber lot at the forum in LA. And we see this big limo pull up. And Tommy Lee comes staggering and he like gets in the limo. I'm like, oh, Tommy had his uh, transportation all figured out. And then the door opens and then Tommy gets out. And kind of gently directing him out of the limo is the kid from Married with Children. David Faustino, I believe is his name. And you can see him explaining to Tommy. He's like, we don't have room for you here, bud. Sorry, but you got to get out of my limo. So it was a very L.A. moment. And then Tommy just wandered across the parking lot. I don't know where he went. (laughs) We're like, "Ah, there's no cars over there. He's like, whatever. And a man accused of beating his roommate over a mosquito argument. A Texas man. Yeah, I knew it was going to happen in Texas or Florida. Texas man's facing charges after beating his roommate with a wooden stick after an argument about mosquitoes escalated. The pair of roommates were reportedly arguing over what mosquitoes look like. Hang on. Do they not have Google in Texas? Google image mosquito. Hey, Siri, Google image mosquito. Here are some images of mosquito from the web. Yeah, there. I've, I've, the seven came up right there. Siri, got them for me in three seconds. So if you're having an argument about what a mosquito looks like before it turns to violence with wooden sticks, give a shout out to Siri. She can... Crush that problem. 
Siri. Preventing violence. Since inception. <laughs> Since its inception. Love to hear you were at Maple Fest. I fully agree about your takes on you could sell me at anything with people around and I'm going. As I was walking around the closed portion of Maple Fest, I noticed a couple who really seemed to enjoy themselves. They were having sex just off the side street and looked at the wife and without missing a beat, she states, not in your wildest dreams. Live your best life, random couple. Curtis from Bowmanville. Wow. I guess they just saw all that maple syrup and smelt all that syrup and they said, let's do it. Let's make our own syrup. <laughs> Family wins $5 million verdict from country club after house hit with golf balls. Oh, I always wondered this. When you play a course and you launch one into someone's pool or under the roof, where that moment of fear after it leaves your driver and you're like, oh, <laughs> and then you hear a, ah. Uh, Oh, it's in someone's soup. Okay, we got to dive into this. Massachusetts family won a verdict of nearly $5 million against a local country club after their house has been hit by 651 wayward golf balls. Maybe don't put your house in the middle of the fairway. You sure this is a good place to build? We're in the no, the middle of the seventh fairway. Ah, we're good. No one can hit it straight. Oh, the home is at the bend of a dog leg. Golfers seek to cut the dog leg by blasting over the tree line, but end up hitting the home and breaking windows instead. So five million bucks. I would sit through 651 golf balls hitting my house for $5 million. No problem. I'd sit through a thousand golf balls hitting my house for $5 million. What's the uh, math on that? Let's see if I can figure this out. Okay. 5 million, five zero 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 divided by 651. I want to see how much it is per golf ball. That's seven thousand six hundred dollars and eight six thousand six hundred eighty dollars and forty nine cents for every golf ball that hits them. If I'm getting close to eight thousand dollars per golf ball hitting my house, I'm like, okay, for each golf ball, I can buy a sleeve of Pro V ones. That's a good deal. Oh, we got another new window coming. You got when you never have to clean your windows because next week you got a new one. Window guy just sits in your driveway. We gotta, gotta install another one. Five million bucks. I'll take it. In Montreal, it's a hockey crowd. It's Montreal. It's the Canadians. It's just electric in that building. Ask anyone who has played in that arena, who has visited that arena, they will all agree. At one point, a section tried to start the wave. And I, and I let Jim know. I'm like, you know, they're like, this is, I got to let you know this, but there's people on this earth that get angry over people trying to start and doing the wave. And Jim with the, 
the perfect response. He's like, why? I'm, I'm like, exactly. If you are a person that gets angry over the wave, why? How is this affecting your life? Do you not see the joy in kids' faces? Do you not hear them screaming, willing it into existence, waiting for it to come around to them? And if it does, guess what? They have an instant memory from that game. They're like, oh, that was the first time I did the wave. Oh, that was so, that was, I saw my dad smile for the first time. I'd never seen him smile until that moment. Yet there are people that are angry about this. What happened along the way? Was your first dog murdered by the wave? Were you at a game once and someone went to put their their arms up to do the wave and their arms got sliced off so you have a horrific memory of the wave? What on earth made you so angry? I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And you know it, and it, a wave is trying to happen somewhere in Canada because people on Twitter will let you know. These angry people, the Blue Jays are up to bat and they tried to start the wave. What the f- were they f-ing thinking? Those pieces of that come to this game, sit the f- down. You don't do the f-ing wave. Shut the f- up. I'm like, Oh, what? I got to take a breather after that. There was a, uh, there was a day I was waiting to fly back to Canada from LA sitting right by the, uh, the gate there. I think I was having like a clubhouse sandwich fueling up for that, uh, that plane ride. And a guy comes up to me. He's like, uh, Hey, I really like horrible bosses. I'm like, Eh, the second one wasn't that good. He's like, no, no, it was really good. Mind if I get a picture? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So he's taking this picture. He's like, yeah, man, I really like those movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're okay. I'm like, that's weird. And then a train of people start coming out from the kitchen. They're like, horrible bosses, man. Great movie. I'm like, after the second photo was taken, I'm like, they think I'm Jason Bateman. And now... I had to go along with it. So I think of these poor people. Well, they weren't poor. They had money. I just felt bad for them because they're showing this photo to their friends and saying, look, I got a photo with Jason Bateman. And they're like, who the hell is that? That's not Jason Bateman. That guy's got a dishwasher. I've never seen him wash dishes. Uh, so yeah, it's, it is what it is. So I apologize. Hopefully those people have now found this podcast and they're like, Hey, there's that guy. Yeah. No, that, or that picture's long since been deleted because they're pretending that never happened because they're so embarrassed that they thought I was Jason Bateman. Hey, you do what you do. Hey, Dan, wonder if you can help me out. I went to a wedding approximately nine years back at Blue Mountain Resort in Collingwood. My wife was in the wedding party and I was at the dreaded plus one table. I decided to make up a fake life story that I was on North Bay City Council, 
conversation piece to talk to the other plus ones to entertain myself. The guy across the table from me introduced himself as Tim and worked on a certain sports network. Genius story, boomsies. I've always been a big fan of your show and asked Tim if he knew Jay and Dan and how they make me laugh each morning. He was reluctant with his answer. I couldn't tell. He didn't want to discuss further. So as time passed during the midday reception, I gave it another shot. Rephrased question. He again was reluctant to answer, politely I might add. But his wife intervened and said, everyone thinks those guys are so funny, but they're not. Double boomsies, conversation, you're done. I always wondered if that was the producer, Tim, and was unable to find out the answer to this question. And if it wasn't, we need to find this guy as he definitely deserves a pair of man-made underwear. He won up me big time with the genius fake life story for the plus one table, posing as a casual but tight-lipped producer, Tim. Producer Tim, was this you? No. A hard no. So someone is posing as producer Tim at weddings, but kind of not saying he's producer Tim to up his street cred at weddings. Brilliant. Went for uh, dinner with a couple friends Friday night in Toronto. New place opened up. I always say this, and I think I sound old when I say it was a scene. But then if I say it was happening, then I sound really old. Anyways, I did not fit in. Uh, We discovered at the end of the meal, because it was very loud. We gave up trying to speak to one another 30 minutes in. We found out that my seat was in front of a subwoofer. The entire meal, (laughs) I could feel every hair on my body. I was giddy. I couldn't stop laughing. I was flying. And then when I left there, I was afraid to Google. Does a lot of bass make you high? Because I will fill my house with subwoofers. Remy. Important papers. Anyway, it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun to see friends and to be out and uh, to see what the kids are doing these days. They're listening to loud music and a saxophone player was walking around playing tunes the whole time. And it was a former strip joint. (laughs) Sometimes I vocalize things and I'm like, was that just a dream? No, it was real life. The next night we dine with Montreal Canadians royalty in the form of Knuckles Nyland, Chris Nyland. Uh, Chris and I have been buddies a while now. We did an Instagram live during the Montreal Canadian Stanley Cup run last year. Uh, I had a blast doing that with him. Uh, we talk all the time. We had never met in person. So as soon as I saw him, I gave him a big hug. He did not uh, reciprocate on that hug. And then I discovered he's like, I don't like hugs. I'm like, okay, well, you just got one. Great guy. Uh, We laughed all night. Chris drove us around Montreal. He was our Uber driver. Not like that's not his job, but we just called him our Uber driver because he drove us to dinner and then drove us home. And he would have got a horrible review 
if he was our real Uber driver. Chris is stopping them in the middle of intersections looking for street names. He's not going on greens entire time. He's like, Hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm like, well, I am worried for my life. Don't worry about it. If we could stop, nothing to worry about. Anyways, it was a tremendous time in Montreal. So Montreal, you done good. Oh, this one. Swedish trash cans talk dirty to you. In an effort to reduce littering, there's a campaign in Sweden that uses dirty talking trash cans to get people to use them. There are a pre- pair of green garbage bins that use provocative phrases. So you're probably thinking, what are the phrases? Here they are. It says, come back quickly and do that again. Oh, yeah, right there. Yes. That was crazy good. And mm, a bit more to the left next time. Also. Oh, that wasn't one of the phrases. That was just a long beep because we can't say that on this podcast. Uh, Sorry, Tim. I had to do it because everyone was thinking it. I worked my entire adult life without ever missing time, without ever calling in sick until February of 2020. I couldn't get out of bed for two, three days. I believe I had the original COVID before anyone knew what COVID was because I could not move. It was the first time in my adult life I called in sick and I'm like, oh, geez, I'm really letting them down. No one said a thing. I I worked again from 1999 or 97 until 2020 without missing a day due to sickness. You don't get an an award. No one gives off. So if you, you think your employer is sitting there saying, Oh, look at Johnny showing up every day. No, they don't care. If you get sick days, take them. But in a certain industry, you're filled with guilt because they're like, well, you really f***ed us over. If you're sick here tonight, who the f*** is going to fill in? So you're filled with guilt. And you're like, well, I can't call in sick. Yet, if you call in sick or never call in sick, no one says anything. You don't get an award, just like Johnny at Burger King. He got a movie pass. Employers don't care. So if you have sick days, use every single one. Have no guilt. Zero guilt. Because employers don't give a about you. The Vegas Golden Knights brought in former uh, Bruins coach Bruce Cassidy. Love it. And then there's a report that the Stars are close to signing Peter DeBoer. Formerly with Vegas. Wow. So many new names being thrown into the NHL coaching mix. It's like the CFL 
10, 15 years ago. You got fired by one of the teams. Another team would would just pick you up. Let's get some new blood. There's got to be some AHL coaches, OHL coaches, WHL coaches. Get some new blood, NHL. Holy f***. Stop the carousel. Let someone else on. This one's from Steve. The real reason why I'm writing you this email is because I want to say thank you. On your first couple podcasts, Boomsies, you talked about some pretty real stuff. Real hardcore emotions were expressed and it stuck with me and will continue to stick with me. You see... I recently became a father to a very handsome son last summer. I also unfortunately had a work injury in October. I was doing what every father would do, work through it. I kept the pain and mental toll to myself, all the while the doctors and therapists couldn't believe the progress. After a brief hospital stay for the pain, I was now on some little pills that worked wonders. For about three months, I had my whole day planned out. I knew exactly how many pills I had, what time. I needed to take them, then to the point where I'm not sleeping because my body would wake up in anticipation. Plain and simple, I was addicted. (coughs) Early in March, I had a full breakdown. Mentally, I was exhausted, let alone my body, which waved the white flag back in December. Luckily, I was able to get a surgery date that was only a week or so away from my breakdown. But during that breakdown, those podcasts that were replayed multiple times. Don't get it wrong. I'm a day one boomsies listener. And even like to tweet of mine. I know all about the time you mistakenly gave the wrong number of the podcast. The extensive talks about really bad Mario movies. And the in my car palooza. (laughs) Yes. I want people to in my car. But I needed to listen to your emotions again and again. You helped me pull away from the narcotics. You'll never truly understand how you could have done that without knowing me or speaking to me. It was you and you're the past that gave me strength. Everyone always tells their story hoping to help at least one person. One person makes it worth it. Well, let me tell you, I'm proud to be your one person. I'm proud I made it through the withdrawal. I'm proud to choose to better myself for my wife and my son. I'm proud I didn't continue to go down the dark tunnel that I was heading down. Please continue to be you and who you are. It changed my life. You never know who else you'll help. Always your fan, Stephen P.S. It's okay to cut my email short with a you're done. Oh, wow. There we go. If we don't do another episode of this show, I am fine. That's it for another edition of the Best of Boomsies. Thank you for listening and or watching on YouTube. Please like, subscribe, and check out the Bet Rivers Network YouTube page for every episode as well as the full-length versions of all our interviews. Sounds like a plan. Hope your summer's going great. Bye. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies.